everybody happy to be here this morning? Yeah, some of you are, that's great. Hey, this weekend uh, with our, our church, our family of churches called Life Point Church, we have the uh, mother church, our sending church up in Fredericksburg, Virginia. This weekend was called our Freedom Weekend. There's a, a, a course that's a, a 12 week long course and it all culminates in a weekend conference up in Fredericksburg where they, they spend about a day and a half just working through things that would hold people back from experiencing all that God has for them. And we had a handful of people go up from here yesterday and Friday, and they uh, sent us pictures and said, can't wait to tell you all that happened, but I heard it was life-changing. And uh, we also have a sister church here locally called the Tapestry Church from Virginia Beach that we're very close with, and they sent a bunch up yesterday. That was like their fourth or fifth group they sent up there. I think they've had like 80 people go up there over the course of time. And uh, I think that's fantastic. They should be a very free church over there at Tapestry Church. But we have the leader of freedom, Lawrence Annell, is up here. And thanks for coming, guys. It's good to see you today. And uh, Lauren uh, is just a dear friend of ours. She is on staff up there and one of the leaders. And I told her a couple of weeks ago, I said, I'm, I probably shouldn't say this publicly. I said, but I've watched since I've left uh, uh, campus up there. And I said, I don't know that I'm any more proud of anybody than I am you. I have seen you grow, and I've, it just to see you just move into this sweet spot and just the fruitfulness in your life. And I just want you to know we're proud of you, and we just honor all that God's doing in you. Thank you for serving so well up there. Thank you guys for coming down today. So Freedom Conference. So if you have not been through Freedom yet, we'll have another opportunity for you to do it. Uh, later this fall, we've got small groups starting uh, next week, and we have signups today, and then we start next week, and then we'll have one uh, session over the summer in July. Then we'll have Freedom uh, in the fall. That'll start up, I think, the first week in September, maybe somewhere in there. I'll let you know when it gets a little closer. Uh, so, but Freedom is coming again, and I hope to encourage everybody to participate in that. I actually may go through that again myself and, and be a part of leading that class. God knows I always need some freedom in my life. Uh, so anyway, it's just such a powerful experience. So, um, hey, I'm excited about getting in the Word today. Y'all ready to get in the Word a little bit? Let's do this. I, I have um, loved my um, studies that I've been able to do. Being a pastor, one of the blessings that comes with it uh, is that you just have this freedom to spend a, a time in the Word of God and in prayer that uh, is just not available to everybody, and I'm very grateful for it, and I've, I've uh, been studying some of the heroes uh, that we're looking at in this series called Unlikely Heroes. Today we're going to be looking at one called Mark. He is a quitter who turned into a champion, a quitter who turned into a champion, now, he's an interesting, interesting person, uh, and he's someone that really, really encourages my heart because he's so human. Guys, you got to read your Bible, and you got to study it a little, little bit so that you can just let it encourage you and build you up. One of the reasons I think it's so important to study the Bible is, is because the Bible does not hide the flaws of our heroes. There's only one that was perfect, and his name was Jesus. 
There's a couple that were really close. I think about Enoch in the Old Testament. He walked with God and then he was not. I mean, I'd like that. I mean, that that's good. Walk with God and then you're gone. And that that's really good. Um, you know, there's a couple of people like that, but for the most part, like they just like the Bible puts all the flaws of all the heroes out there. And John Mark is one of those. And we're going to look at him a little bit today. And I, I believe his story is really going to encourage you. Let me ask you a question. How many of you have ever quit something? Now, I'll, I'll be the first to say sometimes it's not a bad idea to quit something. You know, if you're smoking cigarettes still, you ought to go ahead and quit that. Uh, not, not really good for you. Or smoking anything, for that matter. It's probably not that great for you. I'd go ahead and pull the plug on that one. Go ahead and quit. You, you've, uh, anyway. I remember when I was a kid, I, I wanted to learn how to do uh, some karate. I grew up when, I think Bruce Lee hadn't been dead for too long. Anybody remember Bruce Lee? Come on. Bruce Lee, everybody knows Bruce Lee. And uh, I grew up in the day where like they had a song, Kung Fu Fighting Out. And I remember, man, my brother and I used to play that on the album. And I'd be jamming on that right before I'm going to elementary school. It was awesome. I wanted to learn how to do some karate. And it was partly the karate, because again, Bruce Lee, but there was the other part, I wanted to throw the Chinese stars. <laughs> if You gotta be a little bit older to know about those little Chinese stars. They used to let us take those to school, by the way. That was a metal weapon. Talk about how far we've come in society today. Could you imagine some little fifth grader coming in there with a start? About to throw that thing? That would be bad. Nunchucks. Kids, I remember kids pulling out nunchucks out of their backpack. It was, it was crazy. I took two lessons in karate when I was a kid. I really just wanted to learn how to do a few things. I like punching, the kicking, all that kind of stuff. Love boxing. So I thought karate looks like a lot of fun. You get the feet involved in that. And that's going to be really cool. And I went there and like the, like a 50-minute class at the boys club. And um, lo and behold, about 45 of those minutes were stretching. I did that twice. And I was like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm out. I thought we were going to like punch and kick and I'm stretching. I'm like... I'm seven years old. I can bend all over the place. I don't need to stretch. I, I really, I was just bored out of my mind. I'm like, we're stretching our fingers like that and all these things. I just quit. I couldn't do it. I tried it again later on. I actually worked for the city of Kingsport, and I opened up a gymnasium in one of the housing projects, and uh, we had some of the programs come in to try to get kids off the streets and, you know, come in and do something constructive. So I brought in some guys to start a karate program. And so I thought, you know what, I'll get some kids in here because I know if I go in there and I jump in, they're going to jump in and do it with me. And they did. We had a good crowd to start with. And I went in there. I lasted two weeks once again because it was way too much stretching for a 28-year-old. I don't even think I was 28. I was like 20. I mean, I, it was just so much stretching. And can I be honest with you? I've never once regretted quitting karate. No regrets at all. I tried piano. I tried piano when I was a kid. My younger brother was going to take some piano lessons. I thought, that's cool. I'll learn how to play a lesson. Or excuse me, I'll, I'll take some lessons, learn how to play an instrument. I was clearly not a musician. Two lessons and I was done. I tried it again when my daughter was in New York. And I, you know, I was now more 
sophisticated. I was older. I had a lot of education. I learned about classical music. I was like, oh my great, this is beautiful. I'm going to learn how to play some piano so that one day I'm going to preach and then I'll be able to sit down at a keyboard or piano and just kind of, you know, play my way through. I'm going to play Be Thou My Vision and everybody's just going to like be full of the Holy Spirit. It's going to be incredible. I got like two lessons in and they're, they're not like, it's not music. It's math. It's like one, two, three, four. I'm like, what is this? I quit. I have no regrets. I tell you that because there are some things you can quit you're not going to regret. I've had other things that I've been tempted to quit. I'm very thankful I didn't quit. Uh, when I was in New York, I, there were a couple of times, I, we were, the first few years were very difficult. Uh, we ended up having a wonderful ministry there. We were there for 13 years. Saw I baptized hundreds of people. We saw scores of people come to know Jesus. Incredible things happened. It was beautiful. But those first few years, it was like plowing the ground with your face. Like it was just like, oh, like I, I remember one day I was sitting uh, in my office and, and I had my windows open. Like there were no curtains. The blinds were raised. And I remember I, this was one of those seasons where I was just empty in my soul. I was tired. I was, I'm going to be honest, I was angry. How did I end up here? I mean, I had said no to other easier calls. Uh, what seemed like they would be easier anyway. Lar much larger churches. And I'm thinking, why did I come here? And I remember one day looking at the uh, sanitary sanitation crew pull by and they're out there in their sanitation truck and I remember looking at them and watching that guy jump off to the back this is before they had the remote control arms or remote arm that lifts up the trash can <laughs> the guys jump off the back and he goes back there he just throws some stuff in there he jumps back up on the truck taps it twice and they go I'm like now that's the life right there <laughs> that <laughs> That looks really good to me right now. That's where I was in my heart. I'm like, here I am, all this education, and I, like I've got this heart for God, but I feel like I'm not being received. I feel like I'm being resisted. We're not reaching hardly anyone. It's just like my faith was very low, and my anger was pretty high. But can I tell you something? I'm very glad I didn't quit. I'm very glad I didn't quit. That church became like family to us. And I, to this day, love those people. And there's not a Sunday that goes by that I don't pray for that church. And it's a beautiful story. But I'm glad I did not quit. Now, I may be talking to some people today who have uh, quit. You may not have quit in your faith. Granted, I've never been tempted to just, you know, bail out on, on the Lord. That's not been my temptation. I, I would be lying if I didn't say sometimes me and the Lord, have, I've, I've had to yell every now and then. And if you think that's wrong, then you haven't read the book of Psalms. And you haven't read Lamentations. There's a whole book called Lamentations. Lament. Uh, there's all kinds of instances in your Old Testament where people are, are arguing with God. I used to teach a series to youth called Honest to God because so many people think they can't be honest with God about where they're angry or where they're hurting and they just ball it in and they just close down and they quit. 
But I'm going to tell you, it's always too soon to quit on the Lord. And I want you to hear me. It's too soon for you to quit in serving the Lord, too. Don't give up your faith. And for those of you that have given up your service to the Lord, you've given up your ministry, you feel like you've done something that um, there's no getting back from, I want you to know you're wrong. Because you're here. There may be some of you that it's not that you ever just quit, it's that you fizzle. I'm going to tell you that happened to a lot of people through COVID. The last three years, a lot of people just fizzled. The, what happened was is that there were already people that were wondering, why am I going to church? You know, church doesn't, it feels like it's irrelevant. It's, you know, it's, I mean, Sunday's my only real day off because Saturday I'm in chores and then Sunday I go in there and, you know, it's not that relevant to me. And depending on your church, it's boring or it's long or whatever. And, and then comes along COVID and everybody just does church online. And so now church that had already begun to be consumeristic in America is full-blown consumeristic because now church is not about what you do in your service for the Lord. It's just about getting something online. Because I can listen to Furtick. I can listen to Bishop Jakes. I can listen to R.C. Sproul or God rest his soul, my, one of my heroes, Charles Stanley. I can listen to these incredible people. So why in the world am I going to go listen to that mediocre stuff again? I don't even have to leave my room. I can get up in my pajamas, pajamas and have some bacon egg pajamas. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, that was random, wasn't it? I, I, can, I can do this at, at home. And what happened is that over the course of time, people's faith fizzled. Now, I may be speaking to the choir here. You guys may be here thinking, why are you preaching to people who aren't here? Well, we have about this many people or more that watch online. Maybe this will convict him. And if you watch online, I'm talking to you. So anyway, amen. I love you in Jesus' name. Get back in church. Amen. Got that out of my system. <laughs> From the Lord. Church is not about us just coming and getting fed. I mean, who, who in the world just, I get, you just receive. Nobody but a chubby little cute baby ought to be in a place where you do nothing but receive and go to the bathroom. Hello. Chubby babies. Yeah. But there's people all over the church like that. That is not God's will. God doesn't want chubby babies in here. He wants champions. He wants you to be a champion. You, little old you, little young you, he wants you to be a champion for Jesus. So, with that being said, you could have fizzled out. It could have been that you've been hurt. It could be that you just had some experiences in life that just knocked you around. Hey, I get it. I'm not going to make light of anything that you've been through at church. Yeah, I will talk to this every Sunday, I think, that I preach because I recognize so many people have been hurt, and, and I get it. I won't even make light of it. I'm just going to tell you, don't let other people prevent you from doing what God wants you to do. I understand better than most about being hurt by church. But remember this, it's not being hurt by church. It's being hurt by people in the church. 
And the people in the church, you don't even, we don't even know who, who's, who's the wheat and who's the tear. We don't know who's real in there, number one. And number two, it's made up of people just like me and you, imperfect. So here's what I want to say to those of you who, uh, who just kind of quit, those of you who fizzled out, those of you who got hurt and just haven't replugged. I just want to say it's time for you to come back and be a champion for Jesus. I believe when I look out at these seats, I'm looking at people who have gold in them. And it's my job as pastor at LifePoint Hampton Roads, and I want you to hear me, it's my job to go mining every Sunday and every week and bring the gold out of you. Because that's what God wants for you. So, I want to I introduce you to John Mark. So let's look at John Mark. John Mark is a guy that uh, is a, a hero because, as I said, he's a quitter that turned into a champion. And here's where you can find him at the very beginning. In Acts chapter 12, verses 11 and 12 is where we see him for the first time. And I'm going to go through several verses here and introduce you to him. Are you all ready? Say amen if you're ready. Amen. All right. We meet him as a young man at his mother's house in Jerusalem, and we've got the verses for you up on the screen. Then Peter came to himself and said, and just a little background right there, Peter's in prison. Peter was in prison because Herod had already found it to be a, a, a popular idea to chop the head off of James, the other apostle. And so now he's got Peter, the, the other kind of most visible leader in the church. He's got him in prison, and he's assuming that he's going to take his head off as well. So what ends up happening is that the church begins praying. They go to the Lord when they have no political strategy, no financial strategy, no military strategy. Nothing is going to get Peter out of that jail except for a miracle from heaven. So they start praying. And while they're praying, it says Peter, on the inside of the jail, comes to himself. He's awake. And what he realized, excuse me, I'm, I missed a whole 